You guys know I'm all about making our lives as easy as possible in sobriety. Well, you can eat stress-free this spring with Factor Meals, and they're offering my listeners 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month with code HAPPIEST50. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted and dietitian approved You can choose from a weekly menu of 35 options plus more than 60 different add-ons. What I love so much about Factor is that I've never been someone who makes time for cooking, but with Factor, I have delicious meals ready to go and on the table in just two minutes so I can get back to doing what I want with my time without the hassle of any prep, cooking, or cleanup, a total godsend. Factor is also celebrating Earth Day all month long, so look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for their lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to factormeals.com slash happiest50 and use code happiest50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code happiest50 at factormeals.com slash happiest50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. There are so many amazing perks of being sober, and one of my favorites is that sobriety allows us to take self-care to the next level, and it gives us such a sense of confidence. There's really nothing like feeling confident in your own skin. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, One Skin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. I've told you about how when I got sober, one of my favorite things was starting a skincare routine because that was not something I ever prioritized before, but let's be honest, knowing what the best skincare routine is can be a little overwhelming. That's why I am excited about OneSkin. There's no complicated routine, no multiple step protocols, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code HAPPIEST at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code HAPPIEST. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support my show and tell them I sent you. Hello and welcome to Happiest Sober Podcast. I'm here with everyone's favorite guest. <laughs> well, your on. favorite guest. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know about everybody else. <laughs> I'm here with my mom. Hi, mom. Hi. <laughs> Hi okay, so today's topic is what you've really been dying to talk about for a while. So I kind of was just like, let's just talk about this today because it's something that you're always like you need to talk about this or let's talk about this Mm -hmm. and it couldn't be coming at more of a fitting time because as you know I've had a rough couple of days and I'm trying today to pull myself out of my funk and I literally just said to you before we got on the recording like oh my god my mind is a battlefield today and I'm really trying to (laughs) pull myself out of it and the topic today is kind of about like working through our thoughts and like our kind of inner chatterbox. Um, Mm -hmm. Talk about why you wanted to like talk about this. Okay. So when I first got sober, when I was first in AA, there was, you know, when I was, as we've said a bajillion times, young, 21, Mm -hmm. and there was a man in there who would have been in his sixties, like my age, about now who looks like such an old guy to me (laughs) and um anyways I remember he would say to me all the time um you gotta you gotta tell that chatterbox to shut up and Mm -hmm. I was like chatterbox what is he talking about and he was like that little voice in your head that goes off nonstop all the time you've got to learn to quiet it you have to learn to manage it because 
mostly what it's spewing to you are just big fat lies. And Mm. that was the first time I ever had heard I had a chatterbox that I ever became aware of the voice in my head. Up until that point, there was no voice in my head. It was just, it was me. Yeah. And I, I wasn't able to listen or notice, oh, I just had this thought, like I was completely fused with my thinking. So when he said that to me, it also opened up the possibility like, oh, I don't have to take every single thing that's in my mind that I'm thinking as gospel truth. I don't have to believe it. I don't even actually have to listen to it. Like I can have some say and control over what's going on in here. Mm-hmm. And that was new to me. And that became um, a life-saving tool, um, practice, lifelong practice. And so knowing about that, knowing that I had this little voice rambling off, you know, people would have heard the term inner critic, um, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, that thing that's just shouting, that's what he'd say to me. It's going to shout the worst insults at you <laughs> all day long. It's going to tell you you're a no Mine's good. Mine's been loud. Yeah. Right? <laughs> These past couple yeah. Days. yeah. And so it was that little piece of information that, that really started to shift things. Like it was just this whole new world to me. So mm-hmm. learning to manage it, whole other story, but, um, that was the that was the very first thing. And I think that's something so important when people are first getting sober to start to hear their own negative self-talk and realize it's not it's not truth. They're not necessarily facts that the majority of what we think are thoughts that we're thinking. And our thoughts are always optional. We get to choose them. We get to decide. Yeah. yeah. So good because it's true that like until you become aware of that, it's like you are your thoughts. Like mm-hmm. you feel like that voice going in your head is just you. And, and I then think it's true. Yeah. And that everything mm-hmm. it says is true. All the mm-hmm. assumptions that you make, all mm-hmm. like the stories that you tell yourself mm-hmm. and the stories that you like create and believe. <clears throat> and yeah. then to have that like separation of like separating yourself from the voice in your head as like that's not me that's something else and I can like step back and like listen to it and decide decide like which thoughts I'm gonna believe which ones are serving me which ones are not serving me yeah yeah what's useful what what do I need to throw out yeah what am I gonna you know so just sort of things like you know I would notice this you know the same sort of song in my head all the time was like oh my god like nobody likes you you're just you're so unlovable you're so Mm. unlikable nobody wants to nobody wants to spend any time with you like you're not fun you're not interesting you have nothing good to say you know I mean it would just ramble and this is the thing is that we mostly don't hear it right it's just running 24 7 that little tape yeah when, so when I first started to learn to, to dial into it was through my emotions. Mm. Like I would notice, oh, like I'm feeling really anxious or I'm feeling really, really sad or I'm feeling angry or upset, whatever it was. And I started to, in those times when I noticed like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling, you know, anxious or 
whatever it was, to start to check and say, oh, what did I just say to myself? What, what am I telling right. myself in this moment? And that's how I started to find and uncover all these terrible things I was shouting at myself all day long. Mm. And then becomes the process of, <clears throat> and I believed them. Like I really believed them. And that's, I think, the hard piece for them is that they feel like truth. You're really well practiced in believing it's true. Yeah. And then the work is, right, <laughs> the detaching from it, the work is choosing in a different story for yourself, choosing a story mm -hmm. that's going to serve you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, um, I think that's the, the, most important thing to do even the story we're telling ourselves about what it means to be sober mm. oh my god I'm never gonna have fun anymore um like I was just talking to somebody who just is is doing dry January yeah and how are you doing and they were like oh my god it's so hard I just feel like I'm never gonna have fun again Oh, right. I remember then, that very well. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And again, so good to notice. It's just a thought you're thinking about it. It's not a fact. It's not the truth. Right. Yeah. It's just a thought you're having. And so when you are thinking and believing you're never going to have fun again. Right. How does that mm -hmm. make you feel? And, mm -hmm. and if it makes you feel like depressed, like I can't do this. This is impossible. I don't want to live my life this way. You know, when you're feeling that way, your feelings drive also how you behave, right? They yep. drive yeah. the choices that you make. Yeah, true. Yes. And so it's really noticing, like following that thought through. If I keep telling myself that and it makes me feel this way, what's the likely outcome going to be? So if I want to be happy in sobriety, if I want to feel good in sobriety, what do I need to think? Mm -hmm. Right. Sort of changing that changing that thought to something more useful even I, neutral even neutral yeah right yeah even and if even if you can't get to it's fun yay I'm gonna have fun you can be like well I'm not gonna feel as bad as I did like find something neutral I'm not gonna feel as terrible as I did about myself when I was drinking I can live with that or yeah. you know what I mean sorry yep. what were you gonna say so two things that yeah. you said that I really wanted to point out that I think mm -hmm. are so good and just like so important is yeah. first of all, when you talked about you started becoming aware of your emotions, I mm -hmm. think that's such a good um, kind of tool because I feel like the, the idea of monitoring your thoughts feels so daunting mm -hmm. because you have, you know, I think there actually is a scientific number, but you have a lot of there thoughts. Yeah. You have a lot of thoughts that run through your head all day and you can't possibly pay attention to all of them and catch all of them because that yeah. feels exhausting and impossible. So yeah. I think it's such a good reframe to be like, just pay attention how you feel because mm -hmm. if you're feeling okay and then you start to sink a little bit deeper, then that that's your little like alarm bell mm -hmm. to be like, wait, wait a second. Like what thought did I just have? Yeah. And like, what thought did I just believe that caused me to sink lower? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other piece of what you said that I love so much is about how you said you could just find like a neutral thought. You don't even have to go all the way the other way. You can mm -hmm. even just find a neutral one. And I think that's something that I've found so helpful is just like, you don't have to 
You don't have to kid yourself. If you're feeling really low about something, you don't have to just lie to yourself and be like, I feel great when you just don't feel great. But it's just like, can you find a thought that feels, gives you a tiny bit of relief? One that just feels even a little bit better and like sit with that thought for a while. And then when you're ready, find one that feels a little bit better and sit with that one for a while. And I think it's so helpful too, to even like something I've done is when, if I'm just feeling awful about something in my Mm -hmm. life that's happened is like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to sit down and like write a thought that feels a little bit better and think of all the evidence I can find that supports that thought. Yeah. Like what are a ton of reasons that that could be true instead of this other thing I'm believing. So good. And it is true because like the brain is always looking, the brain is going to, you know, it's always looking for evidence of anything that you're thinking, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. its job yeah. to find evidence. And so give it a new thought to think about you, you work the process of finding evidence, right? Mm-hmm. And this is how you start sort of creating even like new pathways, little new neural pathways for your brain to be looping on, right? As you sort of start practicing, thinking a new thought, identifying how it could be true, giving mm-hmm. evidence to the brain. It does. It starts to shift things and it starts to shift things even chemically. Right. Yeah. When you yeah. Start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it does, it does look for evidence. Like even thinking of an example of like, so an example that I can even think of so many times that this has happened in my life is like not ha- having someone not text me back and then being like, oh my God, wait, are they mad at me? And then my brain comes mm-hmm. up with a million reasons why they could be mad at me. Oh my God. Yes. Did, 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 when I said this, did they think that I meant this? Did I say that <laughs> yeah. right? Like reading back through the conversation, like, yeah. and like panicking. And then like, they messaged me an hour later and it, there's literally nothing wrong and it's fine. But like, right. Right, right. Even that is an example of how, like, when you have a thought, especially if it's like an anxious thought, Mm -hmm. like your brain looks for all the evidence of why that thought is true. Yes. Yeah. That's literally its job. Mm -hmm. And someone else, I heard someone else say one time that like your, your mind or loves to answer why questions. So give it positive why questions right? To find what's like an example, like, um, Oh, why can't I get a job? Flip the question to a positive question. Why can I get a job? Yeah, exactly. Like I'm qualified. I'm yeah. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Because then you're, you're finding excuses to like that forces you to find the positives in like yourself and the situation. And your brain will naturally do that. That's its job. That's what it's wired to do. Right. Why can I find the most perfect job? Right. You've never told me that trick, mom. That's a good one. Yeah. No, I haven't heard that from you. I like that. I know. I know. Me too. So Mm -hmm. in, in like early sobriety. So how did you, so take me back to like, when you heard that, when you were in early sobriety, how did you start to like, like when that was like such this, like, oh my God, aha moment for you Mm -hmm. of realizing your inner chatterbox, like Mm -hmm. what are things that you did to start working through it? It's so, it's so interesting, Madeline. And, um, like I think in the beginning, right. I was, um, 
just processing that idea that, oh my gosh, I have a chatterbox and, and, you know, listening to it and trying to remember, oh yeah, okay. I'm not, you know, if I was saying something terrible to myself, I'm like, I'm nope, I'm not talking like that. I'm not going to say those things to myself anymore. So it was really a practice. Like it didn't feel like those kinds of things weren't giving me instant relief in the beginning. Like it, it was just sort of this like, you know, determination that I was going to just stick with it and try to change how I, how I was feeling about myself. Like I Mm -hmm. really wanted to feel good about myself. And Mm -hmm. so I think it was just sheer determination, even though nothing seemed to be happening, but it was really like, um, I feel like more pieces started falling together for me in my early thirties. And, um, uh, when I came into your life, yeah, right. Then everything, <laughs> everything, everything just fell into place. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened. So it was, um, but funny because you know my life wasn't in a. I mean, my life was fantastic because you came in to you know, of course. But like, two things like can be girls. true. It was also That's right. a hard time in your life with your marriage, and yeah. yeah, and. Um, Anyways, that's it's uh, good old Oprah. Where would we all be without without Oprah? You know, (laughs) once upon a time, and um, I think it was I was watching uh, an episode one day, and she was talking about uh, thoughts becoming things, and what we focus on expands. And so Mm -hmm. she was sharing uh, about her gratitude practice, and she was saying how her life completely started to snowball in the most fantastic way when she started to really actively um, put her mind on things she was grateful for. So Mm -hmm. things that she just started to keep a little gratitude journal, find things that she was thankful for and, um, that, you know, and so she shared all the ways that it had transformed her life. And I was like, damn, okay, I'm going to do that. I can do Mm -hmm. that. And so this idea about thoughts becoming things, right. And what we focus on expands. Um, So I started with my little gratitude journal and it literally did. Like it literally did change my life over, Mm. over the, the, you know, over time, I like always say the most transformative thing ever in my life has been gratitude, the practice of mm, gratitude. Yeah. And so I think from that one thing led to another led to another. And I became so interested um, in how our thinking actually impacts our life and all the ways that it does. And mm-hmm. so I just started learning and reading a lot about that. So, you know, this idea of thoughts become things really uh, was uh, woven into the idea about, Hey, we get to choose what we think about, what we focus on, um, you know, from way back in the beginning where I first heard about having a chatterbox. So I think that was kind of the next evolution for me. And, and literally I've, I have practiced and you and I have had a bajillion trillion conversations about, mm-hmm. you know, learning to manage our mind that we yep. get to choose what we want to think about, that thoughts are optional, that, that, you know, when you choose better feeling thoughts, that you start to feel better. But mm-hmm. so, you know, there's that sort of principle that's true. 
And yet when we take it back down to real life, there's a whole bunch of other factors. Yeah. Right. And actually sort of doing it. And so we, we started talking even at the very beginning of this, how on point this conversation was to have today about managing the mind. Cause you've been having a crappy crappy couple, couple of days. days. Yeah. So Shout out to you, PMS. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So here you are like in the thick of it. Why don't you mm-hmm. just even like, so you, you said a couple of things to me even before we came on here that you were doing. So like for you, you are someone who is really, um, it matters to you to have the space to sit with how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what, a, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying before Mm -hmm. we started recording. I was just like, we got on and I was like, I'm going through it. Um, But like (laughs) for me, cause I had, and you know, yeah, full disclosure, PMS has been kicking my ass for the last probably six months. I don't know why, but like, Mm -hmm. it really has like been causing some real lows for me for a few days. But so I've been in that. And like, um, I, I told you that I gave myself the last two days where I was like, these are going to be sad days and I'm wallowing and like, I'm giving myself full permission. I'm not making myself try to pull, like, I'm not going to try to pull myself out of it yet because Mm -hmm. that is true. I just know myself. I'm very much like Mm -hmm. when I'm really in like a low, I need to just like lay around and be sad and like, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever I have to do, usually Mm -hmm. ice cream and Netflix, which was the past couple days. But so But then I went to bed last night, like yesterday I decided yesterday was my second day being sad. I'm like, I'm letting myself be sad for one more day. And then tomorrow I'm pulling myself out of it. Like, that's so how I am. I give myself a window. Like this is my window where I'm sitting with it. I'm not putting pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. And then tomorrow I'm over it and I'm going to wake up and do everything in my power to feel good again. Yeah. That's like how I operate. And so what's, what has happened today? to like, what have I done? So I I mean, mean like, so where are you at? You said, I'm going to give myself what you were saying. Today has been really, today has been up and down because, because what I said was I'm trying to give myself grace in the fact that like, it's not natural to do a full 180. Like Mm -hmm. when you're, when you've been kind of low to just be like, snap my fingers. I'm like feeling Mm -hmm. amazing. So Mm -hmm. I've been trying to give myself grace that like, I can gradually pull myself out of it. Mm -hmm. So like, I woke up, saw a mean comment on Instagram first thing. So always mm-hmm. a fun way to start the day. So I was like, ah, oh, man, I went to bed thinking I was pulling myself out of it. And now this is what I wake up to. <laughs> so, um, Thanks and for like, nothing, universe. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> but I said today's been very, you know, up and down because I keep like I'll find myself sinking a bit and then catching myself and be like, nope, we're pulling ourselves up like and trying to really like I am good at once I decide I'm over my sad day. Mm -hmm. I'm good at trying to talk myself, I guess, work through my thoughts, like talk myself through it. So even like before we got on here, I was listening to a podcast that Mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, like um, self-help type. genre of a podcast that always helps me. So I've just been like a little bit up and down because I keep like catching myself kind of sinking back and then being like, nope, we're working working through it today. And and like actively trying to pull myself back out of it. Yeah. That's where I'm at today. Because I think, I think too, like I was looking because I, you know, I always love so much, which we've talked about 
you know, of course I'm on repeat your whole life, but <laughs> I was, I was thinking about that, um, uh, Victor Frankl. Oh yeah. That I yeah. love so much, right? Like everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given, uh, set of circumstances. And this was a man who was in a concentration camp. Yeah, right? Really discovered that no matter, you know, here he was in Mm -hmm. hell on earth and recognizing, and he's a psychiatrist as well, but recognizing Mm -hmm. having the experience, beginning to experience that he can think about anything he wants and they can't stop him. He can, Mm -hmm. he can feel love. He can generate love for himself by remembering his wife, by thinking about his kids. He can feel joy. He can experience happiness. And I think that has been such a powerful, uh, thing in my life realizing like I really get to choose and it's taken me you know all this time I mean I've got 30 years on you right Mm -hmm. um where quickly I can make a choice for myself and it's so funny Madeline because you know I know like you out of all three of my kids like Mm -hmm. really you know, when you go down, you go into the pet. I do. I do. It's so funny and because generally speaking, I'm up here. Yeah, like in my day to day, my kind of like disposition, I have a yeah. pretty happy disposition. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Um, yeah. Like you're, you're sort of, if you think sort of your baseline. Yeah. Right. Your baseline in life. It's like always been like above up. mine. <laughs> like it's up. You're a naturally happy yeah. person. And so when you hit that, pet like you go you plummet I go down you do and it makes me laugh a little bit sorry no thanks <laughs> good to know <laughs> but because I used to be that I used to like and really I, I had a friend Kathy who would tease me about it you know yeah. once I was feeling better again because mm-hmm. I was so like dramatic my lows were like oh my god I can't go on another day that was me yesterday yes yeah yeah so So funny and Mm -hmm. um and that's and that's you but I think so for me someone who experienced deep pits of despair when I was Mm -hmm. sad you know this idea that I am in charge and responsible for how I feel that yeah. if we let circumstances determine how we feel, then we are forever at the mercy of our circumstances, right? Then we yes. need everything to be okay. Like very conditional. Very conditional letting. Yeah. It's like, I need you to do this. I need you to say these things. I need you to be on time. I need like all the things we need to be able to feel okay. And yeah. then we live a very conditional life based on external circumstances that we have no control over Mm. and so for me really getting hold of and again freaking 61 I've been working at it a long ass time right Mm -hmm. um and thanks to you being my mom I've been working at it since I was young (laughs) shout out to you yeah but it's like um so I don't mean it's something that we just go oh yeah and then it's easy breezy to do yeah but you know, my baseline in life was always much lower than yours. Like my, Mm -hmm. my, um, you know, 
I don't feel like I was a naturally happy person. And so, um, which always makes me laugh when you say your baseline is low, Mm -hmm. because we talk about this a lot and you always say, yeah, my natural baseline is like lower, but that's not how I ever perceive you anytime we're together. Right. Well, I feel like it's something that I've always, or not, you know, but certainly in my adult life have really like, I work at because I man, I yeah. really try to manage my mind. I want to be happy. I want to yeah. be, I want to feel joy. I want to. Um, and so it's this, always this, this for me, you know, just being mindful and being aware of what am I thinking? And what am I believing? Mm-hmm. How am I feeling? I get to decide that. And like, what an amazing reminder for anyone who's in early sobriety, because what is the gift of quitting drinking? If not being fully in control of yourself, Mm -hmm. having a fully clear mind. So Mm -hmm. like, I feel like we can take those two things and be like, that gives us the opportunity to like work through our thoughts. Like you're not drinking anymore. You have full control over how you're going to think and behave. You know, you don't have full control over your thoughts, but you do have, like, you don't have control over the thoughts that come into your head, but you have control over the ones that you're going to latch on to. Yeah. That's right. You you get to choose what you're going to do with the thoughts that do come in. Yeah, exactly. So I, I feel like that is a cool thing to look at as a gift of sobriety, because Mm -hmm. obviously when you're actually drinking, you're not in control of whatever whatever's happening you're you're drunk or whatever but like also even in when you're a drinker even like the days after drinking your brain's all out of whack like like everything that alcohol kind of does in your brain causing Mm -hmm. like anxiety it's like causes Mm -hmm. depression in a lot of people so I feel like that is a really cool thing to think of as like a gift of getting sober is the opportunity to really work on yourself and become aware of your thoughts and like work through them yeah um it even makes me think like I remember talking to you, I think years ago mm-hmm. about like self-worth and self-love and being like, I don't know how to just like, like, I don't know. I don't remember what I was going through at the time, but like kind of just being like, well, I don't know how to just decide that like yeah. I'm worthy or how to just like decide to feel that way. And I remember you telling me, cause I feel like sometimes when people talk about self-love, it can feel like such this like elusive thing, like love yourself. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember, I remember yeah. you one time being like, it's not this thing that you just decide you decide it every day with the things you choose to tell yourself. And that's all like mm-hmm. cumulative. Mm-hmm. And I find that mm-hmm. to be a really, um, kind of comforting thought. Mm-hmm. I think too, you know, like we're often thinking like, what do I have to do? Um, what do I like, what do I have to do? How do I go about loving myself? Like, Mm -hmm. so that you feel it, right? Mm -hmm. So that I feel like I love myself. A lot of people will say, you know, I, I can tell myself that, but I don't believe it's true. Like, cause I don't feel it. And I, for me, that used to be, you know, the same thing. Like, I don't feel, um, I don't feel worthy, I don't Mm. feel um, lovable. I don't, you know, and what I realized was um, we just have it backwards. We think if I feel worthy, if I feel, um, 
you know, lovable, like I love myself, I'm worthy of love, um, then we think it's true. But it works the other way. You have to decide that it's true. You have to decide I'm claiming this for myself. I'm going to believe it. And then you begin to feel it. And it's something that happens incrementally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It it just does. And so it's like making the decision that this is what I choose to believe about myself. That and I'm you can worthy. just make that decision moment to moment. Yeah. Like make that decision. You claim that decision, right? You manage your mind. You remind mm-hmm. yourself when you hear yourself or catch yourself saying something nasty, right? That no, that is not, that's not the story I'm telling myself about who I am anymore. You know, I choose to believe this. And as you keep claiming that for yourself and deciding it's true, that's then that really starts the process of feeling it right? You have to believe it first. It doesn't happen the other way around. You'll you'll wait forever to feel it because you're looking for something external to validate. Yeah. You're looking for it outside of yourself. Yes. You're saying, oh, when so-and-so does this, or if this thing happens, or if I lose this weight, or if I'm really successful at my job, then I'll know I'm worthy. Then Mm -hmm. I know, yay, I can love myself, feel good about myself. Right. And um, like that Jim Carrey quote that I love so much. He says, I wish- I wish everyone in the world would get rich and famous and have all of their wildest dreams come true so they can see that that's not the answer. Yeah. Like it's never anything outside of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's always an inside job. So Mm -hmm. decide it first. And I think, um, yeah. And also, you know, when you think that way about yourself, when you've decided that's true, that you are worthy, you are enough, you are, right? Like regardless of failings and mistakes and screw ups, right? Like in spite of those, you are still yeah. worthy, you are enough, you are, right? And um, uh, that ties into, you know, when you were saying, oh my God, my day's up and down and up and mm-hmm. down. I remembered one of the very first things, which funny, you see it kind of everywhere. It's something that's said all the time now, but um, I was 16 struggling with my drinking Mm -hmm. and, um, it was Jack's mom Mm -hmm. who said to me, um, way back then I was asking her questions because she was sober in AA. Mm -hmm. Um, and Jack's my stepdad for anyone who didn't listen to No, no, no. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, she said to me way back then, all those years ago, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. And right. And that for me really was like, oh my God, I can screw up. I cannot get it right. I can be a mess, but who I am inherently is okay. And so I think that's the other part of learning to manage your mind or, you know, deciding, look, wherever I am on this journey, whatever I'm doing, whether I'm on day one of sobriety, whether I'm, I'm, you know, have had a thousand days in relapse, like wherever you are on your journey, it's like, has nothing to do with, with that. It's like, you're worthy regardless of anything external Mm -hmm. that's happening in your life, any circumstance. Yeah. Like your worth doesn't fluctuate. It doesn't doesn't go up (laughs) and down with life. It doesn't go up and down with bad choices or good choices. You know, it just always is. And I think that's a great 
baseline to operate from, to keep coming back to, like to keep, um, to keep practicing, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like a, um, a muscle you're exercising. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so good. And it's so funny too, because like, I I was thinking going into this, like, oh, this is going to be a little like therapy session for me today because I need it. And like, even in the name of transparency, like, it's funny because even my little inner chatterbox mm-hmm. now yeah. is that when we got on and I was like saying hi and whatever, I noticed, like, I'm like, I know I'm more flat today than usual yeah. just because I'm feeling lower yeah. and like something about me is that like, I think it's funny because, you know, like my two older sisters mm-hmm. are like when we were little, even we're like a lot more quiet. And then yeah. I kind of came bursting into the world as the loud, yes, you did. the loud, <laughs> sort of like loud outgoing. Like, I will be heard. <laughs> <laughs> and like the kind of like, you know, cheerful, usually pretty happy mm-hmm. one. And I think that that's become, that has become sort of a part of my identity. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a big part of why I beat myself up a little bit when I have my bad days yeah, and why maybe I even sink a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. So even my chatterbox was like, oh, I'm coming on here and I'm like more flat and I'm having a bad day. And then like almost feeling like bad about that. But then it's like working through that is being like, but that's life. No one's up there all the time. And like, I don't want to show up and like, you know, you show up exactly as you are that day. And there's value in that. 100%. It's the contrast. Always. It's the contrast, right? It's like, it's like, I'm, and I think when you feel good all the time to then not feel good is a bigger drop. I think that that's part of it is that Mm -hmm. like, usually I feel pretty good. So I feel like when I don't feel good, I feel it harder Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's like the extremes. Yeah. But again, it's like, it's like true Maddie. And it's just even recognizing, oh, when I don't feel good, I'm telling myself there's something wrong with me. Exactly. And they, I believe that it's wrong to be in that place. That's right. And so it's a thought that you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a fact. There's actually nothing wrong with you. It's, it's, it is life. You you can't get through life without having a a day where you're going to feel bad. Nobody, nobody. (laughs) I almost spilled my coffee. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Nobody, nobody. Wouldn't that be the cherry on top? Right Right over my laptop and microphone. (laughs) (laughs) But it didn't. Yeah. True. Looking up. Looking up. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's the other thing. And that's like, those are the tricky little ways you manage your mind. It's like, you know, you're feeling really crappy. You're telling yourself it's sort of identifying, oh my God, I'm telling myself like, there's something not okay with me Mm -hmm. because I'm feeling down in the dumps. Yeah. I should be feeling good. I've been feeling so good so far ever since new year's I've been doing my routines. I like, you know, happy one. Yeah. Happy one. If I'm feeling sad, instead of just reminding yourself, nothing's gone wrong here. You know, what really makes me laugh. (laughs) You know how Ellen DeGeneres, her sign off was be kind to one another. Yeah. And then like when all of those those stories came out of people 
like, you know, yeah. whatever people saying she hadn't been nice to them yeah. when she came back, she said, Oh, be careful with making your, your, your whole, um, brand kindness. And sometimes when I'm having a bad day, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't, am I going to go on my happiest sober account? And talk about <laughs> <laughs> Made my whole brand happiness. And I feel like shit today. God damn it. <laughs> so funny but you know what it's yeah and so that's the trap not to fall into because Mm -hmm. we're not talking about perfection yeah we're talking about the fact that you're recognizing your that life overall is happier yeah 100 and it's i'm not saying that's not true but i I always need to remember that like even people who have the happiest lives have bad days in them. Like yeah. it's, it, it's inevitable. Well, it is. It's just part of the human experience and mm-hmm. it's a necessary part of the human experience because those lows feeling low is what gets you reaching for more. It yeah, helps like catapults clarity. You. Yeah. Well, whenever does. I come out of them, I feel so good. Yes. And it's like really, really, really important clarity. Like it's mm. helping you to really identify because life is asking you all the time to notice your preferences. Always, yeah. always, always. And so really what happens when we're down in the dumps? It's helping us to identify what we don't want and get really clear about what we do want. Mm-hmm. And so even just thinking about those things in a different way, instead of like, oh my God, there's something really wrong here. I'm, I feel like crap, I blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. It's like, Okay, there's something to pull from this when I'm ready. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so back to you, sweet pea. So here you are. How are you feeling? Where's your head at? I'm, I'm <laughs> medium. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm okay. I feel, I feel like, um, I feel like I'll be okay today. I feel like I, I, I know what to do to get myself feeling good again. I just had to let myself have a couple down yeah. in the dumps days. And, yeah. um, and that's what it will be today. It will be working through my thoughts. And that's what I've been working on all morning is just yeah. like actively, literally when I catch myself slipping again, being like, Oh, nope. Pulling ourselves up. Like, yeah. so yeah. I think that's what will continue today. Or just even, even, um, and I think there's something to be said for, right. Like when you're, when you sort of let a thought go, because then mm-hmm. another thought comes that supports that thought and another mm-hmm. thought comes that supports that thought and, and down you go. Yeah. It's catching it. Go, yeah. Catch yeah. it and go, no, I, I want momentum in the other direction yep. or at least want to sort of stay put. And so yeah. I love, love, love um, what you said about finding evidence. And so, mm-hmm. right. That's yeah. And just be working way on today is yeah it's a, it's a helpful little exercise to like opposite. write down something that feels good mm-hmm. that you want to believe even and mm-hmm. find all the evidence mm-hmm. that supports that thing mm-hmm. yeah like about a situation in your life about anything but yeah. your sobriety like yeah. what are some things okay let's even do this right now mm-hmm. so i got sober and i'm scared life's gonna be boring now so you, what you want to believe is that life's gonna be fun and yeah. I'm going to enjoy my life. What's some evidence to support that? You could say um, hangovers are boring. It's boring yeah. to lay around all day being hungover. So I can take that time and fill it up with other things. Yeah. Like it sucks I- to be, it sucks to wake up the next day, not know what you did 
feel a little panicked, feel worried. Is someone mad at me? Did I make it right? Like Mm -hmm. that sucks. So it's great to wake up and be like, wow, I know everything that I did. I know what I said. I'm proud of how I handled myself or whatever, you know, there's all the positives. Yeah. I can fill my time Mm -hmm. with other things. I can Mm -hmm. find now that I'm not drinking anymore, I can find other activities. I can reconnect back to old hobbies that I don't do as much anymore. I can find a new hobby. Mm -hmm. I I can can find myself. Yes. I, and, and how about this one? I always loved Mm -hmm. when I was a kid, I liked going to parties. I wasn't drinking. I can reconnect back to having fun at parties. It'll just take me a little bit to find my footing again. And that's okay. Yeah. 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 I did it once. I can do it again. I enjoyed my life. Think about a little kid. This is something that I really latched onto in early sobriety. Mm -hmm. When you're a kid and you go to a party or even like when you're in your awkward, like 12, 13, whatever age, I mean, you were drinking by then I wasn't, but like (laughs) when you go to like a school dance or when you're a kid going to a party, like you feel a little nervous and awkward, but it's this nervous excitement. And then when you're there, you get this, like when you're a kid, you get hyper and you get this high and like that sort of energy once came from just socializing and being around other people. And then when we start drinking, we learn to just get it from alcohol and we kind of forget that we used to get it before. So even like being like I can reconnect back to that I can reconnect back to that part of me that once existed where I used to just get my high off of socializing Mm -hmm. and doing fun things like there's so much evidence you can reach for to support that like life can be fun without booze yeah Yeah. and what new things might I experience what new Mm -hmm. opportunities might come my way because I'm making different choices yeah yeah so good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so good I love that. And me too, honey bun. What a nice place to leave off on. I think Mm -hmm. any thought, any thought that you're having in sobriety, that's Mm -hmm. making you spiral a little bit. Like it's not going to be fun. How am I going to date? How am I going to, you know, whatever it is, how am I going to relax? Like write down what you want to believe. I can relax without alcohol. I can, you know, whatever. And then find all the evidence that supports it. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, good old Byron Katie, who I love so much. I was going to ask you. Yeah. 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 Tell, tell everyone. So, you know, if you were to use that same example, which is like, oh my God, my life will never be fun again. You know, her four questions are, is it true? And that's a yes or no. Um, and if it's a yes, that it feels true. The second question is, can you absolutely know 100 percent that it's true yeah and again you can't justify you can't has to be a yes or no yeah right which really if you're answering truthfully is always a no you know unless it's like the sky's blue though whatever you know and um and then um it's like how do you feel the third question is how do you feel when you believe the thought that my life is never going to be fun again without drinking mm-hmm. so write down how how do you feel and how do you behave when you believe that thought's true and then the last question is who would you be without the thought so if when you were sleeping tonight somebody sprinkled magic fairy dust <laughs> and that thought was completely removed from your mind you woke up and you could never think that thought that my life can't be fun without drinking 
who, who would you be? How would you feel? What would you do if you couldn't think that thought? What would you, what would you get up and do in the morning without the thought my life can't be fun without drinking? So those are really great questions to just ask yourself when you're Mm -hmm. telling yourself something, right? That you're believing is true or something that's painful, something that's causing some kind of angst or suffering. Ask those four questions. So yeah. good. And yeah. that reminded me of one other one. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. something that our mind does as well is like, what if with the worst case scenario? Yeah. What if this happens? What if this happens? And you spiral off of all of these things that aren't even happening, they're hypothetical. Yeah. Playing a game of positive what ifs. Yes. What if I get amazing news today? What if yes. like playing all the what ifs with the absolute best case scenarios. Yes, 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 yes. I love that. Flip that on its head as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Really good. Oh, this was so good, mom. This was like the therapy session. I really needed. (laughs) Well, I don't know that it was a therapy session, but it was a nice chat. It was, it was great to see you. Oh, it's good to see you too. Yeah, see you beautiful. I feel like we need a part two on this topic Mm because it's such a good one. And Mm. it's so good. It's one of those things where it's just like, it applies so obviously perfectly to sobriety, but it's not just about sobriety. It's literally just like a life principle that is so valuable. Yeah, yeah. Manage the old mind. Yeah, managing your mind. I, this is my mission for the rest of my day. Emotions, yes. Yeah, wish me luck. You'll be hearing from me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming on, Mom. Oh my God, this is such a good one. Such a good one. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, We'll chat with you next week. Well, I'll chat with you next week. And um, be sure to follow me on Instagram if you aren't already at Happiest Sober and at Happiest Sober Podcast. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, rate, review, subscribe. We'll chat next week. Remember that life is happiest when you're sober. It's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.